Hello and welcome to Q&A with the Doc. Today the Doc is in to answer the question, what is true biblical grace? Let's hear what he has to say. Got a great question this week. Absolutely love the question. Listener uh, asked the question, what is biblical grace? True biblical grace, what is it? Now the question was accompanied by a handful of verses listeners said that may have caused a little confusion. So I want to read each of the verses and then we'll actually answer the question, what is true biblical grace in the context of the verses that were given? So two verses that were given were given together. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 through 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as the reserve result of works so that no one may boast. So if you're taking notes during this podcast, I want to encourage you to write down beside Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, salvation. We'll come back to that in a moment, salvation. Another collection of verses that were given were 1 Corinthians 15, 10 and 2 Corinthians 9, 8. I encourage you to go ahead and write beside those verses the word service. Here are the verses, 1 Corinthians 15 and 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace toward me did not prove vain. But I labored even more than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God with me. 2 Corinthians 9.8 And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. Now here's another verse that was given, and I would encourage you to write beside 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Uh, actually, I'll read verses 7 through 9 to give it some context. So 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 9, write the word suffering. And here are the verses. This is the Apostle Paul writing. Paul says, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, uh, Paul had just received some incredible revelation from God. And he says, because of this, to keep me from exalting myself, in other words, from being prideful, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, so he experienced some pain, said a messenger of Satan to torment me. Suffering is what Paul was saying. To keep myself from exalting myself. In other words, to keep from becoming prideful. Listen to verse 8. Concerning this, he's talking about the torment that he was experiencing, the pain that he was going through. He said, concerning this, I implored the Lord three times that I might, that it might leave me. And in verse 9, the verse uh, the listener asked about said, And he, this is the Lord Jesus, said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. Now we'll come back to that. Just write suffering out beside it. Now the final uh, verse, which I'm going to wrap a couple around it for context, was actually Romans chapter 3, verse 24. Let, let me read that one first. And I would encourage you to write out beside this one, sanctification. Now listen to what the verse says. Being justified as a gift by His grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. Now if you look at the collection of verses, Paul says in Romans 21, leading into the verse in question, verse 24, says, But now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ, for all those who believe, for there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift by His grace 
through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. So again, by these verses, write out the word sanctification. Now let's go back to the top and take the first one. First one was Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, and I said it deals specifically with grace for salvation. Notice in verse 8, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. Paul is teaching here that salvation is a gift. There's nothing one can do to earn salvation, nor is there anything one can do to remain saved. Salvation is the gift of God that He's made available through the perfect life, the sacrificial death, and the subsequent resurrection of God the Son, the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, as the hymn writer wrote long ago and we sing often, Jesus paid it all. Salvation is a gift. The Bible clearly teaches that those who hear the gospel message, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, 2-5, by this gospel you are saved. And then he goes on to explain the gospel, which is Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And he says, according to the scripture, the Bible teaches Jesus paid it all. And when we hear this, faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of Christ, Romans 10, 17. When we hear the gospel and the Holy Spirit touches our heart, we respond in faith. The Bible teaches that God gives us His grace. I love the acronym for grace. I heard one say that G-R-A-C-E explains this gift. God's righteousness at Christ's expense. Jesus died so that we could live. If we believe in Him, God clothes us with His righteousness. It's a benevolent gift, an undeserved gift, a gift that we cannot earn. My favorite verse in all the Scripture helps explain this. 2 Corinthians 5 and 21 says, The one who knew no sin, this is referring to Jesus, for He's absolutely perfect. Hebrews 4 and 13 says He was tempted in all ways, yet without sin. The one who knew no sin became sin. That means he took the sin of the world upon himself. The one who knew no sin became sin that we might have, this is through faith now, that we might have the righteousness of God. So grace is available to anyone who would believe in the Lord Jesus for salvation. So Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 specifically deal with the unmerited favor that God bestows on those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. We are saved by faith. Second verses that came in the question were collection, 1 Corinthians 15.10 and 2 Corinthians 9.8 specifically deal with service. Let me read them again so that we can understand. Paul writes to the church in Corinth in chapter 15, verse 10, By the grace of God, I am what I am. His grace toward me did not prove vain, but I labored even more than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God within me. So in 1 Corinthians 15, 10, Paul is saying that this undeserved favor not only brings salvation, but it also enables us to serve God. It's not in our own strength that we do things that matter for eternity. It's in the very power that God gives us that we're able to serve in a way that it can touch and change someone for all of eternity. God can use what we bring to the table as long as we work in His grace. In John chapter 15, John literally says, apart from Him, referring to the Lord Jesus, we can do nothing. That's talking about of eternal significance. Just as we need God's grace to be saved, 
we need God's grace to serve Him in a way that would amount and matter for all of eternity. 2 Corinthians 9.8, he says the same thing. And God is able to make all grace abound to you. Why? Now listen to the last part of the verse. So that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. That's talking about an abundance of grace. Grace would be the subject in this whole verse. And God is able to make grace abound to you. Last part so that you may have an abundance, that's of grace. For what purpose? For the purpose of every good deed, for the purpose of serving the Lord God. So grace is necessary for salvation. It's the unmerited favor that God gives that we might be saved. But grace is also necessary for service, and we don't deserve to be able to serve Him. This is an absolute privilege that's given by God through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we trust Him, not just for salvation, but daily for service, He'll give us what we need so that we can love Him and serve others in a way that would be pleasing and also impactful in eternity. The third way deals with suffering. God gives us grace even for the things in this life that we would suffer. Remember 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 9? Paul says, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, in other words, because of all these things that God's allowed me to see, to keep me from being prideful, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a measure of Satan to torment me. So don't get lost in the actual event here. Notice what's going on. Paul is experiencing something physically that's causing him pain. He literally uses the word torment. And it says he pleaded with the Lord three times. He said, please take it away. Please take it away. Please take it away. But instead of taking it away, God gave him the grace to go through the suffering. God gave him the grace to go through his challenge, to go through his pain. The Lord Jesus said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in my weakness. So when we go through challenges, when we go through trials, instead of maybe asking the question, why, we might ask the question, how can I serve you even through this pain? And as we do that, depend on God and He'll give us the grace we need so that as we move through the suffering, whatever form it comes in, that we could become better instead of bitter. In other words, that we might become a little more the way God designed us to be, a little more like Jesus. So grace is that undeserved gift that God gives that brings salvation, that also allows us to serve in a way that matters in eternity and also allows us to gain strength even as we go through suffering. And finally, addressing the question, grace is also that undeserved favor that brings about sanctification. In other words, that it changes our position from being a lost person to a found person or from being a sinner to what the Bible says is a saint, from being unrighteous to actually being righteous. Now understand, grace is unmerited favor. So God gives us this new position in Christ, not because we deserve it, but because Christ made it possible. And when we believe this to be true, our position is changed from sinner to saint. Uh, look in Romans 3. But now... Apart from the law, this means it doesn't come from working 
or earning the righteousness of God, this means it comes from God, has been manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, means the whole Bible speaks to this, even the righteousness of God through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So it comes through faith, just like salvation, sanctification is a work of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ for all who believe. When we place our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, not only are we saved, but we're sanctified, positionally speaking, we move from unrighteous to righteous. We've been set apart by God through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul goes on to say there's no distinction. For all have sinned, we're all born in sin. We fall short of the glory of God. And in verse 24, he says being justified, this means being put in the position of righteous, being found not guilty, not because we deserve it, but because Jesus made it possible. How did he make it possible? Listen to the last part. Being justified as a gift by His grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. So when we trust Jesus, not only are we saved, not only do we get what we need to serve if we continually depend on Him, not only do we get what we need to move through suffering to be better on the other side instead of bitter when we depend on the Lord Jesus in those times we don't understand, we're also sanctified, meaning we're set apart, meaning positionally we're placed from unrighteousness to righteousness. We move from sinner to saint. And this is not just a one-time event. This is also progressive. Positionally, we're sanctified, but progressively, we're sanctified as well. Hebrews 10, 14 goes along with this. The author of Hebrews says, By one offering, that means the death, burial, and resurrection, Jesus died one time, was buried one time, and was raised from the dead only once for you and me. It's only what was necessary. His death, burial, and resurrection was all that was needed for our sins to be forgiven, and for us to be positionally sanctified, to be made right before God today, but also to be right before God in the future. So his death was for our past sin, present sin, and for all of our sin. For by one offering, listen, he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. So Romans 3, by grace, we're positionally sanctified. Hebrews 10, the same gift that positionally sanctified also progressively sanctifies us so that when our time here expires and one day we stand before the Lord, we will be seen as righteous, not because of our own works, but because of the work of the Lord Jesus and our faith in Him. In conclusion, the word grace is used more than 130 times in the Bible. And just over 120 of these are in the New Testament. And as we read this word and better understand the work of grace, we do realize that it is undeserved or unmerited favor. And that this undeserved and unmerited favor results in those who believe salvation. And as we continue to place our faith in, it enables us to serve God in a way that would matter for all of eternity. As we continue to trust the Lord, express our faith in the Lord Jesus, the resurrected Christ, it also gives us what we need to handle any suffering that we would experience this side of heaven. And then it sanctifies us. It positionally makes us right before the Lord and progressively keeps us in this right state. And there we find eternal security. Once saved, always saved. We didn't earn it. 
and we can't do anything to lose it because God is God, the author, the sustainer, and the completer of salvation, and it comes as a gift of grace. Grace is the truth that God gives us in Christ what we do not deserve. Grace is the gift of God in salvation, in service, in suffering, and in sanctification. Thank you for a fantastic question. And remember, God loves you and so do we. Have a great day. Thank you again for joining us on Q&A with the Doc. If you have any questions for Dr. Sean, you can send him a message on social media at at Dr. Sean Keels or send him an email at seankeels at gmail.com. 